0: And welcome to another edition of Hoops Adjacent. I am David Aldridge in D.C. My man, Waz Lambray out in L.A. Waz, what's up, buddy? I'm good, man. I'm good. Cannot complain. Just, you know, just hanging in there in this 70-degree weather. It's, woo! It's tough. I know. I know. It's, I know, it's hard. It's hard. They might they might close the schools. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> with all that hardship. Uh, we're going to have Joel Anderson from Slate Magazine on in a few minutes to talk about his podcast, Slow Burn, which is phenomenal. Um, and all the stuff that he's doing for that, that uh, pod, it's uh, he's uh, did a big, big one on Tupac and Biggie, it's just incredible. So, we'll talk to him about that in a few minutes. But, wanted to recap All Star Weekend. I know since you were, you're, you know, dying in 70 degree weather, and when there was no way in hell you're going to come to Chicago where it was three, so <laughs> you know, there was a time I
1: considered it and whatever, we couldn't, <laughs> we couldn't move it around, and honestly, um, Khalid, my editor was like, you know, we got like a thousand people going down there. We're just going to save the whatever to do other things. And I was like, that's Mm -hmm. perfectly fine. And trust me, I wasn't like,
0: no, (laughs) I'm not going to get to go to Chicago in (laughs) February. (laughs) No, but you know what? I think it's it's good. I'm glad you didn't for this for in one sense, because I do wonder how it played watching it on TV as opposed to being in the building. And I know those are always two very different experiences that people have. And so I know that in the building, um, the All-Star game on Sunday, the ending was great. The ending felt, you know, just terrific. And the NBA is to be applauded for taking the shot. It worked. It could have blown up in their face and it didn't. And so you get all the credit when something turns out right. You get the credit for it. Um,
1: I think for me watching at home, Dave, like honestly, and I, you know, I talked about this in the SPR that I did this week. And I talked about it a little bit on, on Basket Buds, but like, I got sucked up into the whole nostalgia, the whole like emotion of it all. Like just watching all of these, excuse me, NBA people come together to celebrate the league and, the history and the culture for one weekend. I got sucked up in all of it. Um, right. And that was from All Star Saturday on, you know. Um, and it is it is everything. It's like watching D Wade and all, you know, the, the sort of person that he's become transitioning, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. from a player and who he's becoming after the NBA. And I'm caught up in his story. Right. But yeah. I'm watching him be one of the hosts and MCs for All-Star Saturday. And then, of course, you see Magic and you see Bill Russell's handing people the trophy at the mm-hmm. end of the game. Mm-hmm. It's like I got sucked up into all of that. And, you know, the reason why I brought up the, the thing about not going before, because, you know, and, I, and, and after having enjoyed everything on Sunday, I was telling people, I was like, look, I was like really cynical about All-Star. I was over the game for years. Like I was just sick of the layup line, whatever, because I remember what it used to be. And I was like, right. This is a whack product now. I'm not into this. Mm-hmm. I was just cynical about the whole all-star thing. And somehow, some way this year, like, I was just sucked up into the whole just everything about it. Like that clip that was going around of AI and LeBron embracing each other. Like I right. watched it a thousand times. It got emotional a thousand times. Yeah, you know, yeah. just the sense of love and respect and mutual a- admiration that's there. And just like you can feel like, no, we part of the same community together. We're, you know, we're brothers, <laughs> you yeah. know. Um, well, it was yeah. just really nice, man. And, and and you know, I'm, I did. I promise myself, I'm like, I can't I'll never be able to get cynical about All-Star again because it means
0: so much to just celebrate the league, man, at least just for one weekend. Well, that's what, that's why, you know, you love to go. That's why I love to be there is because you just see people that you haven't seen in years and you just see guys that, and, and I'm always very sensitive, especially these days with the way the game is going now, Oz, you know, I feel like the old guys are being less and less, you know, celebrated, revered, respected, you know, because everybody kind of just dismisses a lot of the eighties and nineties guys, especially That really put in work, you know, because the games weren't, you know, because they weren't shooting 63s a game, that the games were somehow devalued because they weren't, you know, maximizing every every possible possession for every possible point, you know, that they were doing something wrong back then, you know what I'm saying, so... Um, so to see guys, you know, to see the Dominiques and people like that, that really were the, you know, were the shoulders upon which all these young, these new heads are able to stand now and, and take the league to another level, you know, to see those guys, to see Scottie Pippen, to see Horace Grant, you know, um, to see guys that that really are were great players, you know, and you just worry like. Okay, but Scotty didn't average 27 a game and he didn't shoot 15 threes a game, so are people going to say, "Well, how good could he have really been?" You know what I mean? Like I just you just you just worry about that. At least I I know I do. So, um that that celebration of the game and of the people in it was big. Um I wonder cuz there was a lot of talk about this again in Chicago and for obvious reasons, did it seem any less you know, enjoyable to you or meaningful to you because Michael wasn't there. Michael did not take part really in the, in the proceedings other than having it, you know, his Jordan brand party that he has every year. Um, not for me, not really. Okay. Um, I, in you know, I'm somebody who grew up with
1: Jordan disciple ahead. Um, I yeah. tell people this shit all the time. Like, I think I tried weed the first time in my life, <clears throat> senior year of high school, <laughs> after the basketball season, like I remembered literally thinking to myself, "Jordan doesn't do drugs. Why would I?" Right, right, right. Because <laughs> <laughs> I thought of myself as a hooper, right, and like right, right. literally, Michael Jordan mm-hmm. is the reason I never went close to any of that stuff. Like literally, yeah. the first time I tried, we was senior of high school after. The season right. was over because of this guy. <laughs> so I'm a Jordan person. But no, absolutely not. I didn't miss Mike. I Like, okay. all of these people that's around, like, the people that showed up for All-Star Saturday to root these guys on and, like, give them encouragement and just be a part of what was happening. Like, I just thought that was so cool. And, like, you know, part of it, when you do what we do, Dave, like, you, you kind of become – I don't want to say jaded, but you see, you sort of see how the sausage gets made. Sure. And you sort of see the league for what it is, a business. Mm-hmm. And you lose some of the sense of, like, you know, this is a people thing, right? Like, you right. kind of lose that sometimes. But, yes. like, I can't lie. Watching All-Star Saturday and everybody was involved. And then, of course, the game was incredible. And then, of course magic had these incredible things to say about kobe like it was just like man this is right this is great like it makes you feel good yeah. that we're a part of what's happening with the nba
0: honestly it it, it was the best all-star in several years to me um yep. for a lot of different reasons but the main reason was the product was good i mean yep. you know we can all we can all look at you know Aaron Gordon getting robbed and say that's not right. You know the brother was going, did, the brother was he, going above and beyond. Robbed, I thought he got did, he got, robbed. He, he got he robbed. he got robbed. Yeah, yeah, he got robbed. He was deserving. <laughs> he got robbed. Did he he got robbed. robbed? <laughs> I'm not hating on Derek. Derek, oh Derek, God. Derek balled out. He was great. But my boy, he's Russian judge conspiracies. A, 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 G jumped o- Ag jumped. Ag jumped over a seven six dude. Man, come on, <laughs> come on now. Come on, jumped over seven six two. That's all you need to see. But the big question to me is—is is not the ending. The ending was great. It was great to see. I thought Giannis put a lot of energy into it with his passion, his willingness to play defense. When he stuffed LeBron's fadeaway, I was like, "Oh
1: damn! Oh damn!"
0: I didn't even see the Listen, torch get passed. This you know what is I'm not saying? An <laughs> exhibition, guys. This is not a drill. You know what I mean? Like, you know when a guy is like bowed, his neck gets bowed up, and you know that he's like, you know, and so that was like, word, okay, Giannis. All right, brother, I got you. But to me, like, okay, so so real talk now. What do we think of Shock is Anthem? Seriously now. Oh. <laughs> oh. Listen, there were moments where I was like, "Okay,
1: Shaka's doing the Shaka thing." and There was moments where I was like, "Oh, Shaka's doing the Shaka thing." Oh, right, man. right, right. But you know? And you know what? But 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 see, you see, to me, Dave, like even the Shaka anthem is all of a piece in how the NBA handled it being in Chicago, the mm-hmm. Chicago ness of it all, like right, com- right, right. Uh, like Commons. Like some spoken word. I know not everybody was feeling the freestyle lineup thing, which is fine. But the thing he did before that was so great, man. And the league leaned into the Chicago of it mm-hmm. all. And I right. just thought that was so cool. They honored guys like Benji. And it was mm-hmm. just great. You know. No, they and, didn't forget anybody. And and Pat Bev, right. I saw um, Yovan, our guy, got a chance to talk to Pat Bev. He's like, there was mm-hmm. no way I could miss this all-star game. Like, for the Chicago people, it right, so clearly right. meant so much to them, man. This was just incredible.
0: It did. It did. And so I would – but sitting in the building – Shaka Khan but how did you
1: feel about the Shock? I know you were a Shaka person, w- but like
0: I was like, um Maybe this is playing different on TV than it is in the building. I was like, okay. <laughs> I could be missing something. Maybe I'm missing it. I At could be. At the same time, it's Shaka
1: Khan. It's Shaka Khan. But it's Shaka woo. Khan. I can't hate on Shaka. She was. She was you know, doing some. What What, what do I, you call this shit when the four brothers would stand on the corner and start singing? She was doing duop. She
0: was duop so, in the air. But that wasn't. But that wasn't wop though. <laughs> Doop got some harmonies. You know what I'm saying? Like. like oh. Shaka, what are you doing? <laughs> but but it's Shaka, so you can't hate. You know right. what I'm saying? So, right, of course, of course. You know, so I was ha- I like that. Like I said, I love the, the ending. Um, uh, I'm a big fan of the basketball tournament to begin with, so I was glad that they, yep. that they utilized their it's ending. I product. love what they do.
1: It's a good
0: product. Yeah, it's a very good product to, to see, you know, to give some other guys some shine that, that really can play. You know, I just love that you know, that um, maybe weren't NBA players, but they're awfully good basketball players, you know what I mean? So the yep. the college piece, the getting the alumni together. I love the I love the idea. Um so I was happy that they utilized it. I thought I think it's great for All Star, but I'm gonna leave it there. There's some people that they should do this in the playoffs. No, they no. should just leave that alone. <laughs> don't go nuts now. <laughs> yeah, we
1: don't need to do that. No, oh, just and leave I this. do want to mention Jennifer Hudson's Kobe trip. Oh, yeah. It was fantastic. My
0: goodness. It was fantastic. Oh, come on. She My was fantastic.
1: goodness.
0: Yeah, no, she was, that was that was tear-inducing. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was unbelievable. And then the, in the building, in the arena, they had the, the Laker colors, you know, in the background, the lights all over when she was singing. So it was all, you know, purple and, and gold. And it was just, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. Um, so, yeah, it was a good, a very good all-star weekend. Didn't mind the cold. I didn't do nearly as much as I would normally try to do just because it was so cold. There you go. And, and I wasn't trying to be outstanding in no line, no, waiting for somebody to pick me when no, eleven degree no. weather. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> no, 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 no. no. Trying to get walked into something. No, 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 no. no, no thank no. you. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. so I'm gonna take a break on it. So I, I, I'm gonna take it. You going I'm gonna put you down as a no for Indianapolis next year.
1: <laughs> no, I think I, no, 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 because the, <laughs> no, because of, <laughs> honestly, I'm I'm not kidding. I don't want to sound like a prisoner of the moment. I was genuinely. Moved by this All-Star weekend. Like, I was literally moved by it. So I'm going to make sure I'm there. I I have to be there in in Indy. You won't find me in Cleveland, though. That's not going to No. <laughs> that's just not, not going to happen. Not, happen- DA, that's not, not happen- happening. not happening. I'm not that's leaving fair. that late to go to Cleveland. I can't <laughs> do it. I was there in June. That's optimal Cleveland. That's peak Cleveland. Right? That's no, Pete no, Cleveland.
0: no. February? No, no, no. We can't do I, it. I can't. I can't say you're wrong, I can't say you're wrong, bro. I <laughs> uh, haven't been in Cleveland in many Februaries. I can't say you're wrong. <laughs> All right, man. We're going to take a quick break. We'll bring back with Joel Anderson. We're going to bring him right in from Slate Magazine.
2: Let's bring DA into the conversation here. Welcome to Who Comic Is. Make America what it ought to be.
1: Turned it on and I heard Jack with the barbs and like the Boston and the Bracken, I was transported
0: right back into it. I was like, oh, this is great.
2: <laughs> I think I rap better than shit. With David, David Aldridge. Aldridge.
0: Oh, he's totally playing. Him. Yes. <laughs> yes. Michael <laughs> <laughs> like was not your
1: friend. was was common So the Chicago and Detroit stuff, that was real. That was
0: real. I mean, God forbid we don't have scholarship monies and can't pay for the charters for the water
1: polo <laughs> in <laughs> Iowa. Iowa. Hoops Welcome to Hoop Hoops 5, 4. We
0: have ignition... Welcome to another edition of Hoops Adjacent. And joining us this week on Hoops Adjacent, glad to have him with you, Joel Anderson from Slate, who is... um I was engrossed, almost gotten three accidents on the way home listening to your pod on Tupac and Biggie, man.
2: Listen, <laughs> bro, <laughs> welcome, to the Slow yeah. Burn
0: Podcast, man. It's fantastic. It's fantastic.
2: Oh man, that's just major. Uh, we were talking, to, we were chopping it up a little bit before we got started, and I was, I was telling Walls, I was like, "Yo, man, like I grew up watching uh, you, man, on TV. Like I, 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 like I gotta run home and tell my pops uh, when this is over. <laughs> <laughs> He'll think I'm famous." Man. Uh, uh-huh. So by, I think I'm famous. My man,
0: man, I'm the Thank new you. co-host of Hoops adjacent. Right, right,
2: right. <laughs> Yeah, well, I see, uh, you—you—he you, 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 didn't see you on ESPN. Or TT, you know what I'm saying? No, he's but, too, he's uh, too young for that. Too young for that. Oh Thank my god! You. So fan of the Stop work. It. I'm a fan of the work.
0: Thank so. you, man. He was not into the NBA tonight back in the day. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> first
1: of all, I'm pretty sure Dave was in like one of those early video games. Obviously, he's done a lot of work with the two Ks and all of that. But he was—I feel like no, NBA Showtime nope, or one of these. No,
0: bro, no. This was the first one. First one. Oh really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I was never in it. No, no. And you know what got me into? They might have had a generic version of you. Maybe they did. And they, they, ain't they, pay didn't pay a the they ain't pay a brother. For my likeness. They didn't the right. You know? But no, man, Kevin Harlan got me into this. I swear to God, it was Kevin Harlan. That was that's the reason I'm in 2K, is Harlan. Yeah. And Harlan is just like he is on TV. He's the same way off the air. He's like, David, you've got to be in 2K. I've got to get you in that game. It's so much fun. I'm going to get you in touch with Joel Anderson or jo- Joel Simmons. There's too many Joels. Joel Simmons. And, he's to... and that's what happened. I swear to God, that's what happened. And that's why I'm in the game. Is because Kevin Harlan said, made a call for me out of the blue. I, was not even, I had never even talked to him about this, but he had been doing the game for a minute, and that's why I'm in the game. So that just goes to show you, man, I'm, my life is a series of happy accidents. I swear to God. All right. that's,
2: that's, who, that's who K-Love must hit different because there's people that play video games that don't watch basketball at exactly. all. <laughs> exactly.
0: No, but it's it's great, though. It's a whole new audience, a whole new world for me. Like You're right. These are people that are not, you know, they follow the, they're casual fans, you know, but they're not diehard fans. NBA hardcore fans that watch every game on Thursday and watch every game on ESPN on Friday and know all the numbers and the stats everything. These are just people that like video games, man. I mean, it's Absolutely. that it's that whole new culture. Well, it's a different culture. It's not new. It's just a culture that I'm not familiar with. The gaming community and that's all they're into. And so they're you know they they love anybody that's connected with it. But it's crazy.
2: I don't have to take hoops and Jason on one of those esports, you know, tours. You know what probably saying? should. Do to yeah. <laughs> you probably
1: should. You know what's so funny about that? Which is kind of related. I actually discovered Colin Coward, Cowherd on Madden.
2: What? Are you <laughs> I had
1: never heard of him until he was. He was like in the Madden, like when you're playing franchise mode or whatever. Like you could turn the radio on and and somebody would be talking and it was cowherd and I'd never heard of this (laughs) dude
2: before and I was like wow this guy's pretty good (laughs) that must have been after like I think the last match I played was Madden 2007 so I don't don't
1: it was before that it was before that yeah cause I I definitely haven't been playing since 07 so like it was probably like Oh five four wow, four-ish. <laughs> well, yeah, I discovered him. And like obviously, he's right. like a media maven. He's like right. you know was big at ESPN even then at the time. But I was like, this guy's pretty good. He's pretty <laughs> good at this radio thing.
0: <laughs> Joel, man, I want to man. There's so much we could talk to you about, but I told like um, I, I, I was just enthralled with the Biggie and Pac episodes, um, and. Uh, you know, you, I uh, listening to the Potter, you had mentioned that you grew up with that music and that was your thing. And so there was a natural curiosity about it, but I'm sure as a journalist, as somebody that has read all the, all the articles over all the years about, about Pac and Biggie's death, like, was there some concern when you started this? Like, what am I going to, is there anything, is there anything out there that's new? Right. You know what I'm saying? Like everybody's written it's like the kennedy assassination everybody's written a hundred books on it
2: like what am no. i going to discover that's different oh no absolutely there was a, that was a huge concern because the idea came before i was ever even attached to the project and that was one of the things i was like well man um i'm gonna to have to track down people that have talked about this over and over again there's been whole mini series and documentaries that have you know even sort of move the story along. Um, Benjamin Crump, the civil rights attorney, you know, based out of Florida, recently did like a very short miniseries uh, invested, reinvestigating the murders. And they actually kind of came up with a little development they found what was theoretically the murder weapon in the backyard of a longtime time South side crip. And I was like, well, man, that is, that's incredible. Mm. How, how, you know, how will I be able to add to the canon here? Um, and it was, yeah, it was, it was very intimidating, but I think the thing that I thought is I did a lot of research and did a lot of reading and, and, um, and watching old documentaries and whatever. I just said, well, Without impugning anybody else's work prior to this, I, I had not seen a lot of people pull it all together um, mm-hmm. and, and, like, apply journalism to it. And, um, you know, because either it's like biographies or, you know, um, you know, as told to, that sort of deal. And I said, well, maybe there's a way to pull this all together using research, using reporting, um, Doing all the things you, we do in journalism um, to maybe advance the story a little bit, or at least add a little bit more context and pull out some threads that had not been necessarily explored before.
1: You know, my favorite thing about what you guys are doing, what you guys did with Slow Burn, Joel, is that um, you did a lot of, like you said, journalism about the con- the actual connection beforehand, like explaining that, like, no, it's not like, when people say, no, like, Biggie and Pac were actually cool before this. No, they were actually friends before. Not just, like, rapper friends. Not just, like, you know, professional acquaintances. Like, they were actually friends. They actually hung out. Like, Biggie actually looked up to this guy. And you did a lot of, I love that you actually talked to the people who were around, who were there, to be like, to the extent to which these guys were actually close before all of this stuff happened.
2: Yeah. And I wish. Um, so we're going to have one more episode that is going to be essentially a compilation of all the live shows. So I kind of don't want to ruin it, but I might as well go ahead and say it because the shows are done. But the the that show is based totally on the very first time that Biggie and Tupac met each other in L.A. in 1993. And uh, and part of that story is told by somebody who was there that day that spent the entire day that they spent together. And yeah, because I, 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 after a while, you know, Biggie and Tupac sort of represents this really bleak story in the history of hip hop. Like we, we tend to think of their deaths and not necessarily their lives. And, um, one of the things that we wanted to do with this project is bring these guys' lives to the forefront and the people they affected, how they got into the game, the music they made, the lives they touched, um, and so that yeah, that was really important to us and I didn't want the project and I've said this before, I didn't want it to be an obituary, you know, or, right. or, 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 or an autopsy. Um, and so we, um, that that was a really part of it, and so for the live show, actually, I mean, that was a huge. That is what the the, the next episode is uh, talking about. That very first day that Big and Pac met each other and how they just quickly fell in and became boys. Like and it, within a span of a few a few minutes, they were really really close because they had that yeah, much in I, common. i
0: have you know, I haven't watched uh, the the Biggie movie. I got that sense that you know people don't watch it. Unste- David do not watch it. Why? Come
1: Don't on, watch it. why? Don't watch it. Don't watch why
0: not? I watched, watched it. it. What was it. wrong with it? What was watch wrong with it? it. What Don't was wrong with it? Oh it. It's oh, damn. just
1: so bad. No.
0: <laughs> it's so
1: freaking bad. Damn, it's what? Like, and listen, Dave, like, and I know I'm <laughs> sensitive because, you know, Obviously like I I lived in Brooklyn for the first 12 years of my life like mm-hmm. I was living in Brooklyn when when Biggie got killed here in LA mm-hmm. um obviously everybody around me was completely obsessed with the guy's music and everything around him like so there's a special connection and an attachment that I have to the guy so obviously I'm I'm extra sensitive about all of it but Can let's I- face it it's no walk the line <laughs> it's, 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 it's no Ray, it's no Ali, it's, woo, it's terrible. Oh my goodness!
2: The biopics of Biggie or Pac, because you know Pac did all, they did All Eyes on Me a couple of years ago, and like that that movie right. was pretty much right. universally panned. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, I don't. <laughs> Because I've spoken to some of the people that made those projects, and um, you know, Joe, they,
1: they got Benny Boom to direct Biggie's movie like it was a music video. Excuse <laughs> me, no, no, y'all better get Scorsese or somebody.
0: you
2: right. <laughs> like, come okay. on now. There were places that it could have been better. That's what I'll say. <laughs> like,
0: <y'all>, like <laughs> well, come on now. That aside, that aside, <laughs> what I'm talking about is oh, the the goodness. actual friendship to, that it's was so pointed so out. It, that did come across in what was a flawed movie. I guess I don't know. <laughs> It's not my world, so I'm just going by what I see. Um, but um, what I've always, again, as somebody who looked at this from afar, right? Because look, I'm a jazz guy. I'm not a. This is not my hey, genre. We, okay, we, That's we already what I've been school. <laughs> <laughs> right? You know, you know, you know. So, but what I what I never got to what I never could get my arms around was the notion that why did this have to and I, I know you don't want it to it's not about the, the end but it's about their lives but it just it just seems so it's beyond tragic it seems unnecessary that's what I always think about when I think about those two guys it's like this didn't have to go down like this you know what I'm saying like and I get that it was a violent world and, but but you know what music's always been violent you know what I mean like the music's always been violent. You know, people have always done, it's been cutthroat, it's been, you know, treacherous. Mm -hmm. There's been appropriations for a hundred years of black music, you know what I mean? And so it's never gotten, it never seemed to get to that point. And I just wonder why do you think it had to get to that point? Where people lost their lives over it.
2: And, and real quick, touching back on something you started when when you when you said when you started asking that question is that we you know you're sort of outside of it that you're a jazz fan, right? Well, but one yes. thing about it is that even as a hip hop fan, like listen, if we go back to 1995, 1996, when I'm a teenager, and th- we were all outside, there was not a lot of unless you were connected in the music industry or you knew those guys personally. Yeah it was really difficult to know what the hell was going on or really animated that beef. You know what I mean? Like there obviously there was, Mm -hmm. you know, Tupac had been shot and and he talked about it a lot. And then there was the Faith Evans thing, you know, and hit him up. So obviously there were, you know, flashpoints in the so-called beef, but we didn't really know who the people were around that was sort of agitating this. We didn't know anything about Haitian Mm -hmm. Jack, you know, the New York gangster, that tupac attached himself to in new york who many people believe um had him set up and shot the first time right um Mm -hmm. so there's, there's there's a lot of other you know pieces there that we could not have known at the time but yeah i think you know to your point david is that at the end of the podcast like in the last few weeks um you know i was talking with my producer and he's like well how do you feel about this and i just said well I'm just really overwhelmed with sadness. This is it really really sad that we that it ended like this and I mean for all the obvious reasons like nobody should die at 25 and 24. Biggie was a father um and, and all that, you know, Tupac had people that depended on him and loved him. So there's all sorts of reasons, but also it's just we lost two really, really talented, bright, magnetic, charismatic people, and who knows what they could have done, you know, if they had managed to survive that. And it, it's really all a random confluence of events. It, like, the, what happened to them did not have to be inevitable. Um, mm-hmm. You know, uh, it, it, I mean, if you think about, it, you go back to the night that Tupac gets killed in Las Vegas, and if you believe, which seems to be the most common theory that he was killed by a guy he beat up that night in a las vegas casino like that that's just very random like that does not you know that's not that's not some Mm. long-running music industry beef that's just a happenstance fight and somebody gets killed and it happens all over the country every day but it's just that random right and and with biggie it's another thing like he, did, he wasn't even supposed to be in California on the night that he got killed. He was supposed to have been on, you know, on a flight to London.
1: an extra night.
2: Yeah. Right, yeah. And so it's just all these other things. If if things had just gone a little bit differently, if, like, there was another day or another second for people to sort of weigh the consequences or, you know, just move in another direction, just make a, a simple decision, it wouldn't have ended the way that it did. And so, yeah, I think that was – at the end of it, I was just really, really morose. I was really, really sad. Because, um, you know, it's, especially when you spend so many months reading about these guys, talking to people that love them, you know, get refamiliarizing yourself with their work. And it's just hard not to think that we really, really lost something huge when we lost to both of them. And especially in the way that we did.
1: So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm happy you talked about, uh, you know, some of the perspective that you gained. But, you know, what struck me, honestly, listen to. Because I was locked in from the start, week to week. As soon as it dropped on my podcast app, I was I was on it. And I actually have reached out to you to be like, look, this is important to me. I, like, this is big work that you're doing. Mm-hmm. I love it. But, like, what struck me, honestly, and I talked to you guys about my own biases. Obviously, you're a human being. You came into it with your own bias. But you, as I'm listening, like, you were very measured in everything. Like, the way that you handled it. I want to know... You know, Mm -hmm. what were some of your biases coming in and like how have your biases changed after having undertaken all of this? Because obviously your perspective is going to shift after, you know, taking on this level of like scholarship and study.
2: Yeah, well, I think there's two things and they both relate to Pac because I mean, just admitting my bias up front, I was a big fan and, you know, I was one of those backpack obnoxious, oh you know, God. I'm real hip hop. Oh, you know what I'm oh saying? God, I want you to talk so about horrible. something. You know what I'm saying? I, was, <laughs> you know, I don't I want to hear that nonsense. You know, I was, re- I was very anti Nelly, you know, what I mean? oh like, what, uh, whatever. <laughs> uh, and so, like, I, I obviously I was a huge big fan. And I think that probably is because, you know, I, I think of myself as a writer and I had a lot of respect for his craft. Right. But with Tupac, I think that I did not appreciate how brilliant he was. Mm. He is a really smart guy. And it, like if you just go on YouTube and look at videos of him talking, um, it is magnetic. You can understand why people were drawn to him, you know, not in music, you know, political, you know, in politics, whatever else he was talking about addressing social issues. You can un- quickly understand why people, you know, have this like real deep abiding attachment to him. Um, in fact, so uh, we talked to one of Tupac's defense attorneys, a woman who is in Los Angeles. Her name is Sean Holly. She was a member of the O.J. defense team um, that first time with Johnny Cochran, and she de- she's a celebrity attorney in L.A. She's defended everybody, you know, Kim Kardashian, Lindsay Lohan, uh, any any celebrity you can think of, she's defended them, right? And she said, so we asked her, I was like, well, What was it about Tupac?" And she's well, like, 'Well, I've never been around anybody like that guy like there's not there's not a Hollywood superstar who has had that combination of talents and charm and charisma like Tupac, you know what I mean and I mean this is somebody who's you know <laughs> been around everybody in Hollywood at this point um and so I think that was like a bias that sort of faded away as I got familiar with his work and then even and so as that happened as i gain an appreciation for his intelligence and, and brilliance and just his ability to compel people I ended up liking his music even more you know what I mean like I, you know I, I, just started, I just started in the last few months I really just listened to live and die in LA over and over again and I'm just like oh he has and I, and I listened to the way that he's rapping and everything else I'm like oh he had like a total new command of his voice of words everything else like you can just see that you can see the improvement in him in that album. Um, and that's something that like a, a, an appreciation I had for him near the end. And that's something that I wouldn't have had. I was like, oh man, that dude just rhymes Hennessy with everything. You know what <laughs> I, <mean? laughs> I did not have a lot of respect for his his, his, his talent in, in rap, but like, no, that, that dude can go, you know? And I, I feel that way about him now.
1: I want to tell this little story. Uh, my cousin, she had, no, it was actually her first time visiting LA ever. Um, and so I was like showing her around and doing the whole, you know, L.A. thing, like a Brooklyn person comes to L.A. All right, yeah, yeah, I got to take you here. I got to do this. I got to do that. And we happen to be at the LACMA, which is literally down the block from where Biggie died um, or where he got shot. He died in the hospital eventually, but where he got shot. And so we're on the corner of Fairfax and... Um, What is that? Wilshire. Yeah. Fairfax and Wilshire. I'm like, literally, that's the light right there. And she got emotional. Right. (laughs) Like, like she was really emotional. I'm like, yeah, that's literally where it happened. So it was, you know, it's hard for me to divorce the Pac thing from what happened to Big. Right. So I think it's so cool that this has brought you closer to Pac's music and appreciation for his artistry. In a way that, like, quite frankly, honestly, it's hard. It's hard for me to divorce the the um Big's death from Tupac and who he is.
2: Was no, that, that's real because we actually talked to a lot of people in the podcast, on and off the record, who are still very upset at Tupac. They think that he precipitated all this, that he agitated it and pushed this beef to a place that it did not have to go. Um, and 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 for for you know. Dubious reasons, right? They don't think that it had a lot to do with the, him being shot. They think they had to do for you know record selling reasons and celebrity reasons. So that yeah. that like people that still feel that way about him, and I understand that, especially if you you know you know aligned yourself with Big and Brooklyn. You know what I mean? Because it, 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 it's hard to deny that Tupac was the the person that was the agitator in in this beef. Like Big didn't want any of this.
0: Mm-hmm. So I uh, wanted to you know. Get what what attorneys call the theory of the case, right? That's what, how they always explain what, what happened, right? So your so your podcast, you use what scientists call Occam's Razor, right? Which is yes, if all things are equal, the simplest explanation is usually the right one, right? So and that's a big. I tend to yes. live my life by that. I mean, most people come up with these grandiose theories and these, all these conspiracies, and usually it's something. It's actually quite simple this is why this happened is it's because this guy dropped a, this guy dropped a pen and bent over and got hit by a bus. That's really all that happened and It's not, there's no grandiose conspiracy. So I, I don't want to speak for you, but it sounded in your podcast that you, that you subscribe to the theory of the, of the LA detective who said this was just, a, yeah. this was just guy got beat down. He found out where he found out where Pac
2: was and he shot him. That's, that's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, right, no, absolutely. You know, I'm happy you said Occam's phrase because that was that was floating in my head, and I was like, "What is that phrase?" I was trying to pull it from uh, my memory bank, so I'm glad yeah. that you said it. Uh, but yeah, no, that that absolutely is right. And whereas I'm normally, you know, not a person that is inclined to take the word of cops, uh, right. and, you know, right, <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I do find this guy, uh, you know, Detective Greg Cating, um, he was the head of the task force. Uh, that re that re-investigated Biggie's murder in 2006. And they, they investigated over the course of, you know, three and a half years or so. And yeah, his, his theory, which is one that a lot of other people seem to believe is that Pac stomped out Orlando Anderson, a South, a notorious South side crib at, at uh, MGM grand that night after a Tyson fight. And a couple hours later, Orlando Anderson and they they were went out in Vegas. They were looking to kill him. You know they were going to actually meet him at a concert they had that night at a uh, at a nightclub that Suge Knight owned in Vegas called Seven Seven Two. I think that was the name of it. Six Six Two. Six Six Two. Six Six Two. Thank you. Come yes. On now. <laughs> yeah, I know, man. I, uh, <laughs> the jazz man is correcting you. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm blank. laughs> <C-C>. uh, uh, <laughs> And uh yeah, so six six two, and they just happened by happenstance to catch him at the corner, you know, and, and shoot him. And it, it does make the most sense. And the reason it also makes sense is because the bloods, the people, you know, the mob Pyru, the people in Death Row that were affiliated with Pac and Should Knight, those were the people that suspected that it was Orlando Anderson and the Southside Cribs afterward, right? Mm-hmm. And there's compelling evidence plus a confession from people that were South Side Crips, that they were involved in the murder. So that makes the most sense. People are a little less certain about who was involved in killing Biggie, right? Um, but following Occam's Razor, um, the person that was most motivated to have Biggie killed was Suge Knight. Mm. Uh, and, you know, you know, there's a convoluted theory that the LAPD was involved and some you know some officers that were themselves involved, the bloods were involved, but it seems to make the most sense, and there's compelling evidence. And if you listen to episode eight, it seems like Suge Knight had one of his goons go after go after the dude, uh, go after the go after Biggie that night at the Vibe Awards. But I mean, again, there's a lot of I, there's a lot of circumstantial evidence even with that. Like I wouldn't, I'm much less certain about that one than I am about how Tupac got killed in Vegas.
1: So what's the response been, man? Um, I like because I know like. And, you know, Bomani makes this joke all the time, but, like, Tupac has probably the most passionate fans in music. (laughs) Like, in all of music. Like, people who listen to his music, they don't just love his music. Like, they are invested in him and his story and his message and his words. And, like, these are some of the most passionate people out there. So I'm very interested to know what the response has been um, from the podcast, man.
2: Well, you know, I mean, I think to um, my grad, my very deep gratitude, people that are familiar with hip-hop, for the most part, seem to have liked it. Um, you know, and the people that were close to Pac, because, I mean, we talk about the Ayanna Jackson case, which is, you know, the sexual abuse case that ended up getting him sent to prison, um, you know, it, for most of 1995. we You know, we get into that, we talk about how he, you know, Instigated this terrible, you know, misogynistic attack against Faith Evans, you know, Biggie's wife, and people still, you know, were, were largely happy um, with the story that we told. I, the people, I will say, the people that that liked it the least were the people that were invested in the first two seasons of Slow Burn and were expecting another political uh, podcast. Right, 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 right. You know, what I'm saying they're like, "Hey,
0: man, what the hell is all this? <laughs> <laughs> I was expecting <laughs> G Gordon Liddy. What is this? I don't know yeah, right, exactly, about.
2: exactly." <laughs> but I mean. I think the thing is until its credit then when we first got started on this podcast, our thought was that, well, we probably won't do as well in terms of numbers and downloads as the first two seasons. But, you know, maybe there will be it'll either do as well or slightly less well, especially in a you know, it building up to a, a presidential election year. But it actually, you know, I mean, without pumping our shit up, I mean it was the best performing podcast, it's like history.
1: <laughs> I
2: think we come into a whole new, you know, we brought in some fans, folks like yourselves who were hip hop fans yeah. or jazz fans, you know, and, yeah. uh, and, just wanted to, to see the story given, you know, the journalistic treatment that I thought it deserved. And I, I think we were able to pull that off, but yeah, I haven't, there's there's one person in this world right now uh, that I know that does not like me and does not like this podcast. And I don't want to call his name out, but he's a rapper from the nineties. And he's like, I don't know why this dude, this dude is, uh, he called me white, slim and lame. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, even though, even though I gave him plenty of opportunities to respond Oh, uh, but you know, uh, you know, I, I think that, you know, frankly, like he doesn't quite understand how like journalism works just because you don't want to, I mean, you don't, we don't Get to mention you, you know what I mean.
1: There's always one, Joel. There's always one. <laughs> Man,
2: I, the response has been really great, and I've been really humbled and honored that you know that I was able to tell the story and people responded to it the way that it did.
0: So, while we oh, go ahead, go ahead Dave. I, no, I, no. I, I, please ask it because I want to transition to some some NBA stuff that that you talked about, Joel. But uh, let's let's finish up on this one though. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. No, 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 we're de- we're done with this. Okay. I, I just wanted to get Joel because.
1: He's a Houston guy. Yeah. (laughs) And the team in his town got caught (laughs) red-handed being scoundrels. So I just wanted to talk to Joel about the Houston Astros. I'm sure you've been following this very closely.
2: I have. I have. And, you know, I think my thing is, like I said before, like baseball players need to get a grip, man. You know, (laughs) people people sound like – do you, so you, they're like, dramatic like, like, they're
1: when, always when, dramatic whenever
2: police departments are like under a consent decree for beating black people up or whatever and then like mm-hmm. bad happens and they have a chance to be like see this is why we're the real heroes and you know we believe and blah 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 that's what baseball players sound like right now they're just like you know now they have an opportunity to to you know seem so virtuous like they would never cheat no, no other team in Major League Baseball cheats except the Astros apparently or the Reds <laughs> investigation gets done um and the other thing that kind of trips me out, I'm like, OK, so there were some suspicions for a while that the Astros were, you know, engaging in this sort of chicanery. Right. Mm-hmm. You telling me that baseball players, you know, money is on the line, reputations on the line, seasons are on the line. They were hoping that history would <laughs> uh you know, vindicate them in their performance. They were just like, well, man, you know what? I know the assholes cheat right now. They're, they're onto my pitches, but someday somebody is going to, you know, explain this. They're going to get to the bottom of it. And I'm, I'm going to look good in the end. You know what I'm saying? You, Darvish, it's just like, you know, something, there's going to be a reporter that gets to the bottom of this, man. But until then, I just got to throw this fastball. It doesn't make any sense. These guys are like incredibly competitive. And I'm supposed to believe that they just, you know, they knew that the Astros were cheating, and they did nothing about it. They were hoping the commissioner would step in, like get out hey, of here. Mark.
0: Here's here's my theory. My theory on that is that I don't think, I shouldn't say, I'm no one to paint with a broad brush, but you know, baseball players tend to be creatures of habit. I don't know that they necessarily are forward thinking in, in a lot of ways, and and so the idea of being able to prove it, I think is difficult, right? So, I mean, I think that's where most of them would say, well, I just hope somebody gets to the bottom of this, you know, someday, you know, because <laughs> um, I, I have my suspicions, but I can't prove it. You know, I think that's where it came down to with these guys. Like, they they knew something was going on, but they couldn't exactly articulate what it was. Um, but I'm going to be there Saturday to watch Max Scherzer plunk somebody in the ribs. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. Right? I'll be down yeah. in West Palm.
2: Yeah, but, man. uh, to do yeah, my boy yeah. Dusty right, man. Like, don't – I mean, you know, oh, if they, they, if they, if they want to squab it out, you know, every game, I mean, I guess that's what it's going to have to be. But, you know, and yeah. nobody gets 2017 World Series back. I'm sorry. No, I'm <laughs> –
0: I'm, I'm pulling I'm pulling for Dusty. They, I'm pulling for Dusty. They did my man's wrong in D.C. um yeah. So I'm pulling for him this year to finally get to that World Series and win it. Um I hope he does. Uh, that would be great, <laughs> but I want
2: go,
0: <laughs> I wanted to I wanted to um, to pivot also to you know the the NBA piece and y'all had um, y'all had our friend Lindsay Gibbs on a couple of weeks ago on on the uh, another podcast yeah um yeah. and it was you know and I love Lindsay she's doing Power Plays right now it's a newsletter about women in sports it's great you should you should subscribe to it yeah um and you know we've all tried to figure out exactly how to talk about all of Kobe's life right
2: yeah right
0: and as i as i tell people all the time when someone when someone dies suddenly yeah. and you have to and you have an hour to summarize their life Right. It's kind of hard to know what to emphasize and what to leave out. Sure, <laughs> you know, yeah, it really is. I mean, try it sometimes. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's not right. easy. So right. I just, you know, I was very curious. You know, you know what you got out of that conversation and what you what you think of how you know the coverage was and and, and is. Um, you know, in the days since the tragedy, I mean, it's it's very complicated to kind of talk about everything in Kobe's life and the rape allegations obviously are front and center
2: on that. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's just hugely devastating. I mean, I mean, first and foremost, right. Um, and I th- I take it, I'm not, I'm not going to take it more personal than anybody else, but I mean, I'm class of 96, just like Kobe. Kobe has been famous for my entire adult life, you know, because we graduated high school the same year. He played against dudes from Houston and summer camps or whatever. And I'd hear about, you know, this dude out of Pennsylvania who could go, and um, so, yeah, like that is jarring that somebody my age that has been, a, a, you know, one of, a, you know, a, a generational peer, a celebrity in that way was gone like that. But I think that, you know, in terms of the coverage, that I don't know what else people expected was going to happen, you know. And I think that overwhelmingly people have emphasized the tragedy, the tragic loss, um, you know, the, the great. Things that Kobe did in his career and even, you know, the second act of his life where he was a great, apparently a great father, an advocate for women's basketball, you know, a, uh, an Oscar winner. Um, you know, I think there was a lot of emphasis on that, but I don't think that you can tell the story of his life without talking about what happened in Colorado in 2003. And a lot of that is because, I mean, the, without that, you don't get the Black Mamba persona. But I mean, like that, like that fundamentally altered the course of his career and his life.
1: When people say he, he did the, well, you know, he just did the retaliation and y'all don't love me no more. Like, well, there was a reason for that. Yeah, <laughs> you know? right, right. Like, yeah. <laughs> like it, was the turn, he had to turn from something. Like, this is what he turned from, you know?
2: Right. And I think, like, for people, and you all certainly know that if you go back to like 2000, 2001, like, Kobe was on path to be not Will Smith but that's what he wanted and it was yeah. was not absurd to think that because he was this good looking uh talented um, I, I hate to use this word, but articulate. You know, he spoke. In, he spoke Char- Italian. Charismatic,
0: charismatic, charismatic. <laughs> yeah,
2: I, I think my wife does this thing where she says she's reclaiming the word articulate. Right, right, right. <laughs> but he's a, he's a dude who like you know gave off like worldliness and yeah. you know all that sort of stuff. And then all of a sudden he can't do that anymore. That path, that path is no longer accessible to him. So he had to do something else. Um, and what he did was. You know, build up this Mamba persona, persona, which was already sort of within him. It may have come out anyway because he was kind of, you know. I mean, I I respect Kobe as a player, but I also thought the dude was an asshole. Mm
0: -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, (laughs) uh,
2: but that's what made him. That's what fueled him, right? So, um, so yeah, I just don't think that you can avoid that conversation, and I don't, I don't think that talking about that made would make me or anybody else miss him any less. I think it was any less of a tragedy to. Talk about his life and home Well, there's
0: never, there's never a good time. That's the whole point. There's never a good time to talk about things like that. <laughs> When's a good time? Never. No. <laughs> anytime uh, you bring it up, people gonna be like, because, it like, you know, uh,
1: you know. It- if he was still alive mm-hmm. and doing his thing and, and, and people
2: brought it up, they'd be like, Why are you reading the book? Right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> this, like, this never happened when he was an advocate for WBA stuff. Yep. People would be like, Yo, wait a minute. Does that dude be talking about women's basketball? Should he be at the forefront? They're like, Man, shut up, dog. That happened in 2003. Right. You know? That was never a good time. And I understand the reticence behind that, but it's like, yo, like it happened. It was an important moment in Kobe's life and we have to, you know, contextualize it. It doesn't mean that anybody's happy he's gone. It just means that that part of his, an important part of his life.
1: Right. And I think what's most important about it, honestly, Joel, is that nobody's going to come out of that conversation loving that dude any less. Yes. The amount of love, admiration, adoration, whatever you want to call it, that this guy inspired in people, it's not, it's going to be unaffected by a sober conversation about the totality of his life. So that's what's most important for me. You're not changing hearts and minds here, man, but it's a tacit, like, look, we have to acknowledge this, man, for people who've gone through something like this and felt like nobody gives a damn about it. So we have to do that. We have to do that homework. <laughs> Sorry guys.
2: <laughs> right, and nobody's saying talk about it at the memorial on the 24th, you know? What I'm saying? Right, like right. that that would be inappropriate. Nobody's going to talk about it there. Nobody is going to bring that up to Vanessa or her family, you know what I mean? But right. you know, in terms of the act of journalism,
0: well, it's, it's like it's like Michael Jackson, you have to talk about the allegations you have to come on. You have
2: to, it's not the lead, but you got to talk about it at some point, you know? So mm-hmm. absolutely. There's a reason he wasn't as big at the end of his career as he was at the beginning. Right. You know, I mean, some of it was that it wasn't thriller, You right, know what I mean? right, but, right, right. Uh, but also it was that. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. So man, Joel, we could do this for two more hours, bro. I mean, seriously, this has been, this is phenomenal. I hope we can, I want to have you on again, man. Maybe we can talk about, you know, your football days backing up LT you know, and breaking all his records when you got when you got your
2: shot, man. You know <laughs> that, that that definitely that definitely wouldn't last no two hours. Like, uh, <laughs> but, but I would love I would love to. Do it. I, love, I love y'all work so much, man, and I'm I'm glad I got to have some fun oh, with y'all. Thank you all. It, man. Thank you so much for having me on of for course. real. Thank, thank you, man. you Joel. thank you,
0: for coming by. Man, You're the best. Appreciate you. Next time we'll prank call your dad too. You know, what I'm saying? <laughs> no, man, let's go. Let go, let him go. Dad,
1: this is Hall of Famer, David Aldridge.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, Joel. Thank you, buddy. Joel, that was great, man. He is is phenomenal. Um, Good call, wise. That's an articulate brother right there, man. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. So uh, thank you all for listening this week. Um, We'll have another one next week. And please subscribe to our show. We love hearing what you have to think about it. Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast delivered. Please leave us a good review. And if you have a fair review, keep it to yourself. Later. Jason.